The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and Cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Hey, welcome back. Top of the hour here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. Happy to have you with us. 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on Twitter, live on YouTube, and live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. Hopefully you're enjoying a cup of coffee like we are right now, courtesy of the Beanery, the official coffee of Coffee and Cream, and our official Wednesday guest of Coffee and Cream, Brian Christofferson on with us now. Brian, good morning, man. Good morning, guys. How are you? B-sizzle. How are you? We're having some fun. That's it. That's basically it. (laughs) Working hard or hardly working? Like, it's kind of spread out for you now. Is it the old, uh, oh, the original OG signing day, or is there still the, man, you know what? Who's left out there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a... it is a little bit more of an OG signing day, I'll admit, but I always keep in mind that for the the ones who remain and who are signing today, it's I always I always like to I I don't want to act just wax on about it, but I I do think about how guys have been working for this some of them since they're like six years old playing sports and dreaming about um, you know getting to the next level and they've earned it so. Um, on days like this, I always I always like to celebrate uh, the guys who are signing, even if it's a smaller number. But there is not near as much drama, that's for sure. Let's put it into perspective. I was messing around with Drew down, and I said, eh. I said, if you would have told me in, I'll even give you the first week in December, Nebraska would go from high 60s, 70s for some, to top 25 and top four in the Big Ten. Let's be honest, BC. How much Kool Aid would you have accused me of drinking? Yeah, that I would. I would have thought you were a little nuts, um, but here they are. And um, I mean, th- what's been fascinating about the last couple months, and I've probably I might be repeating myself, but it's one. They're not as scared to go after um, whatever their evaluations tell them. They're not worried about. Um, you know, what 24-7 sports or anybody else says about a particular prospect or what their rating is or who they've been offered by. Um, Eric Fields from this early signing day is a good example. There's guys in this class, uh, you know, Ismail Smith-Flores and Jeremiah Charles signed already. Obviously, Bob Wager um, knew them from Arlington Martin and and had a good read on them, but, you know, they weren't highly recruited prospects, but they believe in them. So there's that type of prospect and yet over here you'll you you look over in the other corner of the room and you'll you'll find guys they're going after where they're i mean they're going to be going head to head with some of the biggest dogs in college football uh they will be i mean especially in this next cycle i think people should uh, ramp up 
for some of those battles because I think they're going to be there, especially with some of those guys in Texas who they have good ends with. So um, that that's what's been fun about the last two months to me is you can by on a Tuesday morning they might go after this um, sort of prospect no one's ever heard of, but they know about. And then on Wednesday, it's somebody who's like a four-star guy and that you got to put out your boxing gloves against Alabama or something. I, that's what I've enjoyed. You know, Brian, as I just sat here and listened to what you had to say, it, it kind of got me thinking about where Nebraska is currently in the recruiting rankings. And because they land at fourth, it, it just keeps, it keeps growing the expectation level of Matt Rule. But what if Matt Rule doesn't win right away? Um, and, and, you know, he's setting our expectations so high, so high. And, like, when we think it's peaked, it gets higher. And then when we think he's peaked again, it gets higher. Uh, if it doesn't turn out to be a, a winning team right out of the gates, what do you think the reaction's going to be from the fans? Is it going to be a, oh, I, I saw it all along? Like, right away, I'm saying, okay. like, yeah, in year one. Like, oh, man, here we go again. Is it going to be that reaction, or, is it, or are they going to be patient? I, I think Husker fans have, have learned to be somewhat patient, especially I, – I do think it's a pretty – some people laugh at this. I think it's a mostly rational fan base that's more level-headed than is given credit for, actually. I agree. And I believe people are able to reset in their minds that, man, I want this right now, but I also know – this is a new build for these guys. They, they, I can't put what happened in 2019 or 2020 or whatever year you want to put out there on them. They're, they're, they're new here. Uh, they're, they're taking over a program that hasn't been to a bowl game since 2016. Um, I think I went on a mini rant last week or two on the show about how it's really not that difficult as it's been made to make a bowl game. So I do think there's some <laughs> expectations around here that, hey, guys, let's get to six wins. Let's do that. You know, so I, I think there's going to be that hope that somebody's got the right answers to solve that riddle, at least. Um, but I think beyond that, people are going to expect that it's going to take a little time to develop. And I think also on this signing day, as we talk about guys who are, you know, going to join this program, there is a good number of guys who are still pretty raw prospects. It, it, it's going to come down to that develop word we always talk about. And that doesn't happen in one year necessarily. You know, some, some of those guys that uh, we might be excited about what their tape or some of their resume from high school shows, they, they might take two or three years to, to build up to be the kind of guys where you're, you're going head-to-head with a, a Michigan on a Saturday, that sort of thing. So I think people realize that, but um, no doubt, I, f- I feel like they've, they've moved the needle since Matt Rule was hired, at least in um, kind of some people who are like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can go through this again. I think there's more there, – people are – there's that hope that, that – uh, hope is starting to rise in folks again bc level of surprise that you see the now power names but maybe the on-field production has been different to see teams and especially in your composites because i think they're both top eight to see teams like miami and oklahoma does that give you hope does 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 miami give you hope for nebraska well, I mean, it, it's all—it's different for everybody in their recruiting grounds and what's available to them, maybe. But 
um, I, I get that point because it, it shows you that you can still be a really put together a really good class, even though you've you've stumbled around on the field. If you've got the right recruiters and uh, you know the right vision for your program, and I know there's still skepticism about what's going to happen at Miami um, there, and if they can build that up the right way, but. Um, yeah, that's a good recruiting staff. So I'm not I'm not shocked that they're up there, um, but I, that's a good point. I, I think there's there's programs that have have fallen on hard times, but that that logo still uh, resonates when when a coach walks in a hallway with it. And Miami would be one of those. I mean, it just is. I mean, they're still their name still floats out there. You know, with the the U uh, thirty for thirty gets replayed, and kids know about that, and they think about you know their glory days and. Um, not, I don't know. I think I, a lot of kids who look at Nebraska, even if they don't know about what Nebraska was, um, they get up here on a visit and they see it, or their parents or their coaches know all about it, and they're like, man, you should take a closer look at that offer. So I do, I do think schools like that always sort of get that advantage um, where their history comes into play at some point. BC, as we look at the expected to sign today, um, there there are those names that you know Nebraska is supposed to see sign their way. Lefatu being one, um, Jeremiah being another. Demetrius is going to have to do it tomorrow because uh, school was canceled for him. But you, I was reading your article and and you threw around a name that I've been seeing a lot now, uh, and that's DeAndre Barnes, and he's been popping up on multiple lists because he call. recently visited Nebraska last weekend. Another dual sport athlete, a guy Matt Rule likes to at least physically a guy that he likes to attack how much does the recent visit play into all of that stuff and do you believe nebraska is the top option for him i kind of think he's going to end up at nebraska i'll be upfront about it i haven't been able to reach him uh since his visit that I, seems to be the consensus <laughs> 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 yeah i think he's maybe done one interview a brief one with somebody but it's it's uh it's one of, so that's what that, that's the the candid answer is you know sometimes like where's that guy going it's like I I think Nebraska is where I would guess because I feel like it's his best offer on the table also I mean you just piece things together it's the timing of it he visited the weekend before signing day he gets an offer before he leaves town um, he does he did receive an offer in in mid January from BYU which is you would consider now a power five offer and obviously a solid program. Um, after that, you're talking more about like Air Force, Wyoming type offers, and I'm not knocking those at all. But you know, just if 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 he's going to want to play Power Five, it seems like it's would be Nebraska or BYU. Really interesting prospect can play both sides of the ball. I love his receiver tape when you watch it. I mean, he's just, he's very fluid and uh, he's got all those things. Matt Rule staff loves. He ran a 10.69 a hundred and. Um, 21.6 in the 200, and so, I mean, he can fly on the track, and he, I, I think they might see him as a defensive back, but he's one of those guys you can play around with a little bit, and uh, that that's what will be fun also with a bunch of these prospects. You could probably go through the list and find a handful of those guys who, which side they're going to be on, and they're going to have to get him on the field and discover that, but I think there's a good chance he ends up at Nebraska. It's not one of those, though, I'm not don't mean this as a diss but at this point it's not like a make or break signing either they're going to add 38 players 
uh, when you count in this cycle, if you count up the JUCO and high school guys in the portal, or they're going to add 39. And uh, that's pretty incredible right there, So whether, whether there's 38 or 39. Hey, BC, let me ask you something, because you, were mentioning, you mentioned Eric Fields, and I'm captivated, right? I watch his tape, and I'm not kidding. I said this ooh, about when the show started. He may be my favorite prospect just because of the reckless abandon he plays with and his closing speed. And I was like, how was nobody really how is nobody recruiting him? Is there a guy and I say all that to not lead you into an answer, but is there a guy that he has you like, man, can't wait to see I see this vision that isn't getting a ton of run at least early on? Um, you know, he he gets a de- he got a decent amount of run um, back in the day, but it, this is how recruiting works. Jaden Doss is who I'm going to talk about. Um, Jaden Doss is not like I would say an under the radar recruit necessarily. Like when he committed, it was pretty ex- people are pretty ecstatic around here, but it was so long ago, and he just stayed loyal that I think people are like, hey, okay, whatever. Um, you know, like you kind of get distracted by who's next and you know the new staff came in there was plenty to talk about and you you forget about guys that signed in the spring or summer prior to that Doss is just really interesting to me because he's like he wasn't hand-picked by this staff but Matt Rule has also said if you're if you're here and you're in Nebraska you're my guy and I like that I like that they say that you know he's not trying to play like well these are the guys that we picked and these are the other ones and he's a guy who did everything in high school. So I'm pretty interested in him. And he kind of is in that, you know, gets you closer to that Kansas City area where you'd like to see some stuff. Another guy I'd point out is Vincent Carroll Jackson. Well, he's um, active on social media. I know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really – he's really fun to talk to. You guys, I don't know if you've had him on your show, but you should get him on the show because he's a really smart kid. Um, he was telling me, he was, when we were doing the interview, was, I was like, what's your other, you got a hobby no one knows about? He's like, I just read all the time. He's like, I got all these books stacked up next to me. But he only played one year of uh, football and was pretty dominant. I mean, like, for a guy who just stepped right into it, and they have a few of those guys who only played a year. What will be interesting going forward is if those type of players – I, I hope this staff is able to still recruit those type of guys. Matt Rule made mention of it on early signing day. Because they got here so late, the coaching staff, they, were, they had to look at more senior film on guys mm-hmm. than some other programs are going to do because their classes are all uh, full by December. You know, So Nebraska, because theirs wasn't, they're looking around at guys, what did he do this last fall? And um, it was kind of old school recruiting and guys like, you know, Vincent Carroll Jackson, who's from an area they know well in Pennsylvania, but uh, they might not have missed him at all. But the fact that he just started playing football and this staff was able to locate him that fast, um, had a Syracuse commitment briefly, but then picked Nebraska pretty easily after he visited here. He, if you watch what he can do, is a guy... I'd be really excited to see what he looks like in two or three years. I don't know that you'll see him pop out there this season or anything, but he's a guy that when you talk development really jumps to the surface. 
It's exciting. <laughs> Brian Christofferson, senior writer for Husker247.com, is who we're talking to. Toss him a follow on Twitter, at Husker247BC. Brian, when it comes to recruiting, everybody is in the know at Nebraska. Even Ed Foley, who's literally going around shaking hands and kissing babies over the last month. Uh, on Friday last week, we had a conversation on the show Having a plan whenever you talk to recruits versus not having a plan, but being <laughs> honest about it. Are you on the side of, if you put yourself in a recruit's shoes, are you on the side of, or maybe you don't, maybe take yourself out of it. Are you on the side of you'd want to be in the know to believe the coach is taking you seriously as a player and not just talking to you just because he, he like wants to make an impression just to talk to you or are you okay with the honesty if the coach doesn't specialize in the position mm. yeah that's a it's a good question um i think my short answer would be honesty is what i would <laughs> i would want them to be as candid as anything they could possibly be about um and even why they're you know like if if you're not let's say they you're a coach that gets sent somewhere and that's actually not your position guy. You're just in the area and all that. I do think there's probably use in like laying out. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, this is the area I cover. Um, this is who you're going to be hearing from also. And, um, and just, if you can be really um, transparent, I think from day one, that always seems to jump out to recruits. That's the thing I hear more than anything in interviews is, he was just real. Like that's the that's the best compliment a coach can get. Is he was just real with me. I could we I found that after a short amount of time, we were talking about stuff that had nothing to do with football, and you uh, you put down some barriers quickly. And it's those guys who get to who are succeed or excel in a fast manner at um, having prospects. You know, put down their barriers and just feel like, hey, I can have an open conversation with this guy about things that are pros and cons and all that stuff um you know that that uh that that's who i want to be i i'm pausing because i think there might be news it sounds like they might have got deandre barnes yeah so. yeah yep they did it looks like yeah. so. nice well that well that's big i guess my follow-up to that Dang, where was the breaking news sounder he's talking hey, real time how were you I gotta not on bc I gotta, I gotta tell you man I didn't even have a breaking news sounder. I just went right into it, too. You see, and I are on the time. same page. Hey, a quick follow-up to that, um, because, because you you made a lot of good points. I'm actually on the latter side, as as DB knows, mm -hmm. as a recruit. I, I'm like, if you're not going to take me seriously, don't just talk to me to talk to me. But I think it's because Matt Rule has set an unrealistic expectation for many people to meet because his coaching staff – always has had a plan from the get-go, especially in a new system. I mean, is it is it unfair for me to bottle in other teams that may come with that approach because I'm so used to knowing what Matt Rule does? No, it's not. And, um, I mean, just, just in general, a lot of people are pretty skeptical about the whole recruiting deal. I mean, they just are. Like, we could go through every part layer of that. You know, they're skeptical about if coaches are just, you know, being 
some coaches out there, I think, uh, you know, just being a car salesman or whatever, and not, not to not car salesman, but, you know, like being that someone who's just trying to get, what, what can I do to get you in this car? And, and, and some of the, the honest points, um, are sometimes left uh, by the side of the road. Um, so I think there's skepticism naturally about that, but you do run into a lot of guys and the best recruiters, it doesn't matter what school they're representing. They're just genuine. They're just genuine guys. They, it, it almost always works that way. Once in a while, there'll be an exception to that. But I found that in covering this, it, the guys that you would just want to sit down and have a conversation with, uh, have a drink with, and just talk about anything, those are the guys who are the best recruiters, too, because that's, that's what it's about. It's about that relationship of, yes, this is what we can offer you and this program can offer you, but also at some point the, the player's looking at that guy like, I just like that person. Like, I want to learn from him. That, that's a good mentor. That's somebody I would, I would spend four or five years around if that's how it works out. So um, I always understand why people look at recruiting and they kind of do an eye roll and stuff because there are a lot of parts to it that are like that. And, but then there are, there, there are actually people who do it the right way and, um, you know, they, they have a good message and it's an honest message and those guys usually succeed and, uh, that's what you hope for. And that's what you hope they have in the staff at Nebraska. Cause it'll be a lot of fun if they are that group. That's kind of weird listening to you too, this last 10 minutes. Cause these three schools that I'm going to ask you about have something in common. And I think it's a clear cut message as I'm watching this recruiting process unfold, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. Now, it's yielded different results for Wisconsin because they got off to a late start, but the delivery is the same. When you look at the rankings, who's most likely the reflection of where they are in 2023? Michigan State at five, Minnesota right there at six, or North, or excuse me, Wisconsin, second to last. Hmm. Um, I think reflection of where they'll be. Um, it's not, that's a tough question, Damon. Um, cause I, Wisconsin's not going to, I'm not going to, what you wouldn't think, but Michigan state appears to be trending in the, I mean, he's consistent now, right? This is. It's about where he's a Tucker's been. He, uh, hey, hey, they really are. <laughs> they really yeah. are. Yeah, he he's a good recruiter. Uh, I'm, you know, I've been a little um, slow to warm on Michigan State. I know they had. Here's why: not because of their recruiting. A couple of years ago, when they had that 11 win season, I really thought it was one of the the biggest smoke and mirror seasons I've ever seen. I really did. Like I, I thought like, man, that's like a seven win team. And I gave them credit cause they, that was, you know, that's the team Nebraska punted it to the wrong side of the field on and all that stuff. <laughs> I, I just thought like that, that's not a double digit win team. Are they really that there's going to be this expectation that that's what they're always going to be. Um, and then they kind of fell back to earth and who I thought they were this last year. So now it's kind of like, okay, who are you actually? You, you, you've had one of each side a good one in a bad season. But the one thing he is going to do, Michigan State is going to be a presence recruiting as long as Mel Tucker's there. I mean, he's just good at it. He's going to hire coaches that are good at it. And so they are always going to be, I think, top five in the Big Ten in recruiting mm. as long as he's there. I think they will be um, five or six. And uh, Wisconsin, though, that's weird. I don't know what to make of that. Um, the, they're going to – you know, they're going to do it their way. They're going to go for guys who don't necessarily 
wow everybody and have all the stars. But um, the, I think you'll see an uptick from them as far as even the rankings and stuff like that. You hit the nail on the head, BC. Thanks so much for your time this morning. We appreciate Enjoy the day, and uh, I'm sure you have a busy day ahead as well. No, it's good. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me as always. Thanks, B. That's Brian Christofferson. You can toss him a follow on Twitter once again. That's at, uh-oh, I lost my spot here, Husker247BC. I almost he, wanted he to hit, say BC he hit, first. He hit the nail on the head with them taking their time. I've, I've. He also hit the nail on the head by saying, hey, Mel Tucker, that team's going to be good for a while, the way he I, recruits. I mean, he's recruited, but what didn't last year's results surprise you? Yes, it they did. They had the best pitch and catch mm-hmm. combo coming back. Sure did. And but he's a great recruiter, and yeah. there's no doubt there. They're thorough. Andy Kendi up next, sports director at KETV.